Welcome to the Community Conversations podcast, where we believe that world transformation begins with gospel transformation, and gospel transformation begins with discovering the truth about who God is and who you are. And it starts right now. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Community Conversations. Our last audio one. Most likely. Most likely true. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So we're currently sitting in my basement, what is slowly being transformed into a full-on podcast studio. Yeah. And we have all the equipment. We have the cameras, we have the lights, and there's just a few more things to work out. Small touches. Yep. And so, yeah. can't find anybody to do my makeup just right yet. That's been the difficult thing is. <laughs> you got to let me try it, man. You never let me try <laughs> Can't get the skin tones right. Um, but yeah, we are rapidly approaching full-on video podcast. Yeah. Yeah, which I'm excited about. Yeah, me too. Yep. We've got some good things going on down here. Um, <clears throat> so before we jump into business, how are you? Doing Good. Good. Doing good, doing great. Just got back from killing some ducks in Arkansas, had a good time, and so doing well, doing well. Great. Wild weekend. Yeah. Wild, (laughs) wild weekend. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So uh, you know this, but for this episode, I thought it would be really good, really fun, and important to kind of talk about what happened yesterday at our Mm -hmm. vision service. Yeah. That was kind of a big one. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It was was a doozy. was a... Was a change. Yep. And I'm aware that it's possible there are some of our people may have been unable to be there. I know we've been promoting it. Sure. You know, it's really important. Yeah, for like a month and a half, but but no big deal. You know, there will be a few who for some reason or another couldn't have been there. And so um first I think, you know, we'd encourage you, if you weren't there, go ahead and we are gonna be talking about that here, but also go ahead and watch Mm -hmm. the actual because yeah. other than even like, you know, our transition, there's a lot of other great stuff to celebrate and be excited about and prepared for. And right. Crystal Christian gave a word for the year again, the prophet of our house, and mm-hmm. um, which I think is very important to have and listen to and, and keep. Yeah. Yep. So, uh, yeah, if you haven't, if you weren't there and you haven't already gone back and watched the full video on YouTube from the service, go ahead and do that. Um, but no, and I thought it would be good to jump into a little bit of that mm-hmm. and just talk about some of the transition that's happening and a little bit more maybe about what that looks like for us moving forward. Yeah. Sounds good. <clears throat> and I'm going to apologize. I've got that drainage stuff going on right now. And so there's going to be a lot of... Well, when one week's like 12 <laughs> degrees and the next week is 60, <laughs> I don't think anyone's body was ever designed for mass shifts like that in weather. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so I'm waking up. It's one of those things where it's like I feel rough in the morning, get a couple hours into the day, I feel fine. Yeah. You know, but it's yeah. just that morning I've got that like drainage stuff mm-hmm. going on. Um, so there's going to be a lot of throat clearing. <laughs> so bear with me. Um, so yeah, yesterday was a big service. Big one. Big, uh, big. it was a big service and a big shift and in a sense not. Mm-hmm. Cause I think, you know, it's obviously something that's been communicated for a while and something that, um, I think, you know, you're always slowly preparing for and realizing and seeing that that's coming. And, and mm-hmm. so it's, it's a big deal. 
um, because it's here, um, but it's not a big deal because you're not, even though like, even though it wasn't planned out for years this day or this month or this week, um, you know, it has been something that's been prepared. So you're not thrown like totally like right. off guard yeah. by it happening. This has been a conversation for years now. Yeah. I mean, if you really want to look at it, like since I was a child. Sure. <laughs> but, you know, like yeah. with B-Love, since it started, mm-hmm. you know, since it's since it's beginning. Yeah. The goal was always to get to a point where your parents felt like they were in a place to kind of hand it off to you. Yeah. 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 And, you know, we really launched together. Right. And we're still together. Mm-hmm. And you know what I mean? Like there's, that's the other thing is, um, <clears throat> I think so much of this sometimes, one, you know, there is an aspect of like the logistical side and, um, you know, vision side and, and changing some things here and there. But uh, overall, like, you know, it's, it is a, it's, was a team thing. It is a team thing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a lot of that has not changed in, in some aspects. Right. Yeah. So while, yeah. And I love, you know, I've, I've known about this, you know, transition for, for a couple of weeks now. And so some of the conversations we've had that I even appreciate your approach to is that like, while you're taking us over, El Jefe, if you will. (laughs) It's cool if I start calling you that. (laughs) El Presidente. (laughs) (laughs) That this, you know, the goal is not ever for this to become like the Noah Chance show. No. But for you to really just lead the family and lead yeah. the community as a whole, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I don't really have a desire to. I don't want this, like, I never want B-Love in Noah's name to be, like, that closely associated. I just want it to be about, like, B-Love. Yeah. You know? And I just, I know, um, I, I, I can feel spiritually the shift and the time to do this and that this was correct. And so, you know, it's really been a thing about trusting the Lord to just, do what he's designed me to do. And mm-hmm. that's not really a Noah thing. It's just a part of what this is. Yeah. You know, I really, yeah, I don't want it to be about me. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yep. But yeah, so this is, um, this is an exciting time. Yeah. I'm very excited. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, you know, I find with the Lord, it's so funny because you're right that like he works, he works in, in such a way that like he allows room and time for preparation Mm-hmm. You know, the Holy Spirit loves to loves to give us glimpses to what's coming. Yeah, but some of the details He just kind of leaves right out. Yeah, you know, for sure. And so, <laughs> so in one sense, like, yeah, you guys have been preparing for this for a long time, but you didn't know it was going to happen right now. No, until the Spirit kind of made that a, a clear to you. Yeah, it all. Yeah, it was, you know, it was us meeting together and starting to have conversations about the year. And we knew that was close. Um, and as we begin to have conversations about the year, my dad re- got a prophetic word, um, basically like a whole prophetic message from Bryn Waddell yeah. not too long ago. Yeah. The whole message was just about him. About, you know, like your 60s to your 80s being your best years and not being done with ministry and not being done with what you're doing, but like that you were about to come into something new. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, when we were meeting together, there there was this real release. Um, we felt prophetically that um, Dad was really going to get a chance to move into the things that he desired to do and loved to do yep. without the things that he no longer felt a grace on himself for. Sure. And I think there's a beauty when there's enough love and um, collaboration and um, care that I can come in and do what I'm going to do and it not be him have to go sit up on a shelf now and be done. Right. 
Because like, he still loves ministry. He loves people. He's a pastor. He's a pastor. He's, you know, and I'm, yeah. I'm not as much of a pastor as he is. Yep. Um, he is a, he loves to love people. He gets more life from being with people and loving on people and teaching people than any person mm-hmm. that I've ever met. And like, I, you know, for me, it's been beautiful. The, it's hard to say, the humility and the, the beauty to see someone say, hey, I'm not supposed to be the lead guy here. Yeah. And I really just want to be a part and play whatever role I'm designed to play here. Yeah. I've never seen something so beautiful in my life, and I've never really seen a lot of leaders that can actually do it. Yeah. The, he, he has done it with such grace. Yeah. Yeah, the humility it takes to do that and to do it well and to do it, like you said, gracefully. Yeah. Is, and and be a part and, like, champion on everything that's happening. Him right. and my mom have been nothing but, like, we are excited about this. You know, we... We started, we were talking uh, in one of our staff meetings and mom and dad were just honoring me and it was so beautiful because they, you know, they said so beautifully, it's just stuck to my heart this, you know, we're excited to learn under you too. Mm-hmm. And like the beauty of, of that and, yeah. you know, the beauty of of just how, how great this can be when you just let the Lord do it. Right. You know, there's mm-hmm. no, like there was no hidden agenda there was no half the staff is over here, half the staff's over there. There was no give it to me now or I'm leaving. There was no, yep. even without being the guy, like leading this house, like apostolically from a senior leader perspective, they've never even really clipped my wings as far as like things I've wanted to do as like a number two in the house. Sure. So even that's been beautiful because there hasn't been a ton of me come in and have to bring a bunch of new vision like just completely change a bunch of things because mm-hmm. my parents are amazing at letting people pastor and operate in their gifts and and share their vision and live out their vision here. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Yeah, that's really great. Yeah. Yeah. Um so just on on that it is amazing that your parents and I think it's this isn't something I've seen a lot where you know whoever's leading this thing steps down but remains super involved. Yeah. Because a lot of times it's like, it's like, hey, I'm ready to fully be done. Mm-hmm. Like I need to be hands off completely. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, what what will kind of your parents' role look like from here on yeah. out so at the church? Yeah, so we talked a little bit about it yesterday, but they're moving into like being like, their title are pastors. Yeah. Pastors. So they're going to really move into, dad will be teaching still <clears throat> on Sundays. Um and uh, and yeah, he'll be teaching some on Sundays, and they'll move into like pastoral care, mm-hmm. counseling, marriage counseling, grief counseling. Um, you know, really loving on people. My parents have a, yeah. you know, this house is not it's new, but it's not. So mm-hmm. There's a lot of people here that just the relational equity is there, and so my parents will continue to really you know pastor and be there for people and love on people, mm-hmm. and and do what pastors do, which is shepherd sheep. Yeah. And just love people through everything in life. You mm-hmm. know, that can look like dinner, that can look like coffee. The amount of people that have ended up at our house because the first time they came, my dad, you know, wanted to go out and get coffee with them. Mm-hmm. Not out of just to make sure they come to our church, but just to get to know them mm-hmm. is yeah. crazy. Right. And so, like, my dad is still going to operate in all of that. Um, you know, they're yeah. still, at, you know, they're still with us at staff meeting every week. They're still like, they're not like there's no part time nature to what they're doing. They're here right every week in and out in service, you know. And so, 
um, they'll really kind of just really become shepherds and mothers and fathers of the house. Mm-hmm. They mother and father a lot of people here, and you know, and I think that that's going to continue and grow and give them more opportunity to do that. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And I love that. I yeah. love all of that. I'm excited. They're excited. Yeah. You know. Yep. And you know, I think having grandbaby coming. Yeah, yeah. Benjamin definitely <laughs> helps push the tide of what well, you just do your thing and we'll, yep, we'll just, you know, it's what my mom always says. Yeah. I'll hold Benjamin. You go do your thing. Yeah. You go up there and you preach and yeah. I'll, I'll sit here and I'll Wear hold it Benjamin. Out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. And, you know, to think about it, this is like, this is a huge month just in general for you. Yeah. Because you literally just turned 30. I did. A couple of days ago. Yeah. Uh, five days ago. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> big day. So it's not it's not often that somebody in one month they turn 30, they have their first kid and you know yeah, they kind of step they into the take over a church. Take over church. Yeah, it's just like a light <laughs> month for me. And you know there's not even 31 days in this month, so like it was really jam-packed in just a couple of weeks. <laughs> yeah. You know, which is funny cuz that prophetic word, I, you know, I got from the Lord, but it's you know, it's interesting, yeah, just how quick it all just Yeah. Like that. Yeah. And you've known that 30 like you just just now you referenced you know the prophetic word from the Lord, but you've kind of known that thirty was yeah well what happened be a significant time yeah well, and we've talked about this when I turned twenty six I spent a couple days um, deep in prayer and I felt like the Lord told me to prepare for thirty and He said thirty but you know in your brain you're thinking thirties sure because He doesn't really work like that He's not yeah He loves to be like got you so I'm thinking like <laughs> you know maybe that could be thirty nine that could be thirty that could be anything yeah. There's 10 years of my 30s. Mm-hmm. And he was like, prepare for 30. And I'm thinking, okay, you know. And so, you know, since 26, I've told you, like, I was yeah. like, and I've always said, I don't know what that is. I don't know what that means, um, but just be ready. And turns out it was my entire life changing. Yeah, pretty much everything. <laughs> In the month I turned 30. Yeah. And so it was really weird. It was this like beautiful gift from Yahweh, but also this very unexpected thing of like, even though you told me, you really meant it, huh? Because <laughs> <laughs> then, you know, yeah. you find out you're pregnant. So you think maybe it's just I'm having a son. Yeah. You know, you find out all this stuff. And so, but it was, uh, it was yeah, it's the Lord, the Lord knew, which is beautiful too, because it feel it rem, it's a reminder of his timing. Mm-hmm. You know, this was for us a decision that was really Holy Spirit led. Yeah. This was not financially led. This was not about business. This mm-hmm. was not about marketing. This was not about, you know, like, you know, logistic. This was just the Holy Spirit saying, hey, this is, this is the moment. Yeah. 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 And I love that. Yeah. And, you know, I don't know that you, that you get to really have these kinds of transitions and these kinds of things go the way they do unless it's actually just about what the spirit wants and Mm -hmm. where he's leading. Mm -hmm. Because like you said, like it was never a thing for you where like there was never a meeting with you and your parents where it's like, well, I'll come work for the church. But like, but like, three years in, like I'm taking it over or I'm gone. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it was yeah. like this my way or the highway around here. Right. Yeah. No. Yep. No, there's never been any of that. Yeah. And I've never like, I've never really gone in with like, Hey, like let's do this. Let's do this. Let's do this. Right. You know, mm-hmm. I'm okay. Like I was okay having a son and just being yeah. around like it bother me any, <laughs> right. you know, yep. I had plans and ideas and I had things in my heart that I knew or for me, um, you know, and 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 I was waiting on those, but I was okay to wait on those. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you know, peace 
peace and joy is so closely tied to just our trust. Mm-hmm. And so to even see your parents have like peace and joy in this transition, when for a lot of people, this would be like a really hard thing, mm. you know, yeah. for your parents to, to go through this and have a certain level of peace and joy, just knowing that mm-hmm. they actually trust that this is the right timing. Yeah. It's been a great, it's been a great thing. And we have friends in ministry that aren't in that place. And so it even means more. Sure. Like the, the, I, you know, we know people that are in a place of I'm stuck mm-hmm. and there's no one to take this. Right. Or I'm stuck and the person that's supposed to take it isn't ready and I don't want it. Mm-hmm. You know, and so sure. yeah. the beauty of what this is and what it has been. And, you know, I think every, like my dream for Benjamin would be, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. To apostolically lead this house eventually. Sure. He may get into interpretive dance and never do that. Who knows? <laughs> But like, you know, like I can't think of a better dream than having a father pass on something to mm-hmm. his son. Yeah. And even the beauty of like having Mark mm-hmm. there, you know, a spiritual father and seeing like a father, a spiritual father and a son mm-hmm. united to do something and, and set something in place together is yeah. not something you're seeing much. Right. Yeah. And I think there's a lot to be said too about because you've placed yourself under the authority both, you know, of your parents while while they were leading this, but also under the spiritual authority of Mark. There's something, you and I have talked about this, but there's something incredibly powerful and I think extremely necessary in actually being sent mm. versus just going and doing your thing. Yeah, yeah. Romans says, blessed are the feet of the one who has been sent to share the good news. Yeah. And it's true. People are, there's not a lot of people being sent to places like regionally, locally to do the work of the ministry. Right. They have dreams of planting a church that changes the world, Mm -hmm. you know, and I don't feel called to the world. Right. I'm not starting a campus in New Jersey. You'll never see me out in (laughs) South Carolina. You know what I mean? Like I'm not putting two campuses in Hickson and three in Ottawa. Like I feel called to where I'm at. Mm -hmm. I feel called to Chattanooga as a whole as a city, but I feel called to one building, one people group, one family. Yeah. This is not a stepping stone. This is not a... You know what I mean? This is where I, and you know, Yahweh can change anything in a moment's notice, but this is where I feel designed to be and spend the rest of my life yeah. is cultivating a family here mm-hmm. who, you know, people who want to look like Jesus yep, and live in that forever, you know? Yep. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. But yeah, there's a, there's a big difference between, and, and the terms we use sometimes is like sent versus went. Yes. But there's, there's something really big about being sent totally it's the way really yeah like that's the model well and it's you when you're sent to there is a it doesn't mean you live in lawlessness but there is also a safety in knowing that you have uh, a secondary home to return to Mm -hmm. everyone sunday came out with pitchforks and was like we hate this and you're out of here you know like (laughs) me and bailey would you know unfortunately very sad but we'd pack up our stuff go to covington sure you know, be with Mark and and, mm-hmm. and be with a father and continue on the journey, mm-hmm. um, you know. And so, like, you also realize when you're sent that you always have an, a home, too. Right. Back there and, and here. Mm-hmm. And there's always a place where, you know, you can always you can always go to for rest and recovery. And, and mm-hmm. so it, 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 it alleviates the pressure, you know, because, you know, and, and Mark has said this before. It's really it's really beautiful to say, like, you're not there to start a movement or to start something. You're there to implement something. Mm. And I think we're here to implement, like, implement 
you know, a kingdom family and this idea of righteous sonship and beloved identity in this city. I'm mm-hmm. not here to start something. I'm just here to implement something that's bigger than me. Yeah. And I wow. love being a part of something that's bigger. I don't really want to be the thing. Sure. I want to be a part of something. Like I want to be a part of the body. Right. I'm not looking, you know what I mean, to have a name out there that's bigger than every name. And you know what I mean? That's, yeah. You know, I just want to be a, a part of what Yahweh's doing in the earth and just play the part I play in my city. Yep. And I think, you know, I think a lot of that, a lot of what you're describing is I think a lot of the experiences that that people have, at least in church planning, is that they've not been sent by somebody. They've just had an idea. Yeah. And oftentimes, unfortunately, unfortunately for a lot of churches, there has become this sense of like competition, if Mm -hmm. you will. Which is to me yeah. like the most orphan-minded thing yeah, you it can is. do. <laughs> it's awful. It's but there's a lot of like competition among churches to mm-hmm. like be the thing, to be mm-hmm. the one doing the thing. Yeah, to have the to be the movement. Yep. And I realize, and I think you have to walk in enough grace and openness to realize that people have a different grace for maybe something that they're doing that you're not. Sure. And even if you disagree with it, you just have to allow the Lord to do what He's doing in it. Sure. Because, like, you know, at the end of the day, I I can't imagine being somewhere where the goal is not to look like Jesus, mm-hmm. like where the goal is something else. Right. Yeah. You know, but at the end of the day, like, I know things are out there that are not, that are bigger than me, and mm-hmm. you just have to let them be. Yeah. And it's not an ever a competition thing. It's just the reality of it. Right. Yeah. And I think, and I think more and more as the goal more broadly becomes simply to be like Jesus, right? To be with him, to know him, to look like him, to become like him, you know, to really understand the gospel, to understand what the good news is. What does that mean for us? Who are we becoming? The The more that becomes the goal, I think more broadly, just in the world, you know, in the church globally, Yeah, I think the less competition you'll see. Totally. Because it doesn't, like if my goal is for the city of Chattanooga to become like, to become like the kingdom, yeah, right. To for the city of Chattanooga to become a place where people are moving here because sickness, you know, people move here and they don't get sick anymore. It's so weird, and yeah. like hospitals are closing down because people move to Chattanooga and right. something's going on here spiritually yeah, where the people city looks like literally <laughs> right. looks like the kingdom of of heaven, right. And I think that the more you allow the goal of what you're doing to be purely kingdom focused, mm-hmm. the less you care about whether or not you're the one bringing it. And the more you care about, am I just getting to play a part yeah. in what the spirit is doing? Yeah, for sure. It, it's not about, it, it no longer becomes about who's leading this thing necessarily as much as what's my role and yeah, how well, can I help increase? The how can I move here? it forward? Yeah, yeah, totally. And I think too, the closer you the closer you can begin to sense the atmosphere of the kingdom mm-hmm. and the more you move into it, the more you realize the true role of you as a person is as a father, as a son, and as a husband. Mm. And so when I know that's my full role, like I, 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 I no longer have the ability to find my identity in my ministry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think what happens is oftentimes, you know, just through the Western success model of, uh, of church, we get caught up in like, this is me. 
Mm-hmm. This is my brand. This is who I am. This is what I do. This is yep. how I've found my, you know what I mean? Like I'm called to be like Benjamin's dad and Bailey's husband. Mm-hmm. Like that, do I have an apostolic call in my life? Yes. Am I called to do, you know, to, to you know, be over, be love and lead this family and do this stuff and lead the staff? Yes, all that stuff. But that is only a secondary thing to the to the design of who I am, right. which is as a husband, as a father, and as a son. Mm-hmm. And so- I think when you can lean into that, you realize you just want to be a part of what's happening. Yeah. And you don't have to be the face of anything. Yeah. Because I think, too, there's a when you're the face of something, if something goes bad, you're also the person that's responsible. Sure. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. you know, like I've, I've, I love, I've heard it so many different ways, but like it's the same thing with like hype and service. If you bring people into a service and you begin with hype and you hype them up, mm-hmm. then you've got to maintain whatever brought them in. Yeah. So now everything in their life has to be about hype yep. to get to where they want to go to be who they want to be. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the same thing with like, you know, every once in a while you can get in this fear of like, we teach very, we teach a lot of depth. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not going to find a lot of shallow, you know, mm-hmm. low end messages in our, and, you know, and sometimes you're like, man, this is deep. I hope everyone's okay with it. But like you realize if, if you stay in the depth, that's the expectation. Right is that we're going to be a house that actually studies the word, mm-hmm. that understands the scriptures, that knows what it means to be like Jesus, to not see this thing as a figurative idea. Right, not just theory. No, this, yeah, yeah. Tra- the gospel transforming us is not an yeah. idea that we're waiting upon, but it's who we are. Yeah. And like when that becomes a reality, you realize like, okay, like this is the expectations I want, mm-hmm. not the other thing. Yeah, yeah, boy, that's great. Um. All right, I'm going to pause right here, and let's hear a quick word from our sponsor. Looking for the perfect Airbnb getaway? Look no further than Maggie's Place, your ticket to an unforgettable stay in Sevierville, Tennessee. Nestled in the heart of the stunning Smoky Mountains, Maggie's Place is not just an Airbnb, it's an experience you won't want to miss. This charming three-bedroom, two-and-a-half-bath townhome offers all the comforts of home with a touch of Tennessee charm. Imagine waking up to the serene beauty of the mountains, sipping your morning coffee on the porch, and planning your day of adventures in the Smokies. And the best part is, Maggie's Place is just minutes away from all the attractions, dining, and entertainment that Sevierville has to offer, not to mention close to Pigeon Forge and Gatlinburg. Ready to make your Smoky Mountain dreams come true? Visit Maggie's Place on Airbnb today to book your stay and start creating unforgettable memories. For more information, contact Kim Balistrieri at 770-548-0902. And we're back. Bingo. Okay. Um, Let's talk a bit about maybe some of the vision that you have, kind of where we're going. Yeah. And... um, yeah, because I know, I know you've been spending a bunch of time just talking and dreaming with the Lord about, mm-hmm. you know, what where He's moving us to and what He's, you know, what are we, what's going to stay the same and what you know might yeah. change and. Yeah, this is your last podcast episode. That's really the big thing. <laughs> <laughs> We've loved what you've done for the church, and we thank you for your time and your ministry. <laughs> uh, no. Um, uh, you know, yeah, we've I've just spent a lot of time uh, just in prayer and thinking, and I think 
My starting place is this, is that oftentimes when you are part of something larger than you, you're in a river. Um, you know, we say that, talk about like, you know, we have Mark who's our, you know, they're our head and our covering. Then you have like the Homestead and Mobile, which is, you know, Damon Thompson's ministry and mm-hmm. this larger um, ecosystem or body that you're a part of. The thing you can oftentimes get caught up in is that because you're in this, it all needs to look alike. Sure. And that's yeah. kind of one of my starting places has been that I love what we're doing and what we're in, but we are a different city. Mm-hmm. We're a different region. We're a different area. So it requires a different thing. Sure. And if we're going to look the exact same, then people just need to go there. Sure. If we're going to look just like that, then you need to, you know, move to Mobile, Alabama, or you need to move to Covington, Georgia. Sure. Yeah. And so, you know, the big thing has just been discovering with the Lord, like what we are designed to be and what we're supposed to be in our city. You know, a lot of the conversations I mean you've been having around is one of the things I think we do better than anybody else in the world, and I think is going to really become a cornerstone of who we are, is our communities. Mm-hmm. And our and our discipleship. Mm-hmm. I think you know we really value. I value. I have the highest value as a leader for people to look like Jesus. Yeah, I say it over and over again, but that's it. Mm-hmm. I want people to look like Jesus. I want people to do what He did. I want people to sound like He sound. Mm-hmm. I want people to walk onto the street and say, "If you've seen me, you've seen the Father." Yeah, and I think that requires a deeper discipleship than what the Western Church has, has been offering. Yeah. You know, it's fathers and sons and mothers and daughters. It's deeply walking together. It's, you know, we gather weekly and even communities and share meals and talk around tables. And, and I think all of this is playing a role in us being able to become who we've always been designed to be. And I think that's going to continue. Yeah. And I think we're going to continue to develop, you know, new things as far as discipleship and uh, creating more language and opportunity and resources for people to understand what fathers and sons means and mothers and daughters and spiritual sons and spiritual fathers and spiritual Mm -hmm. mothers and spiritual daughters and all that stuff. Um, You know, and we're going to surround ourselves with the good news. Mm -hmm. Um, One of the things uh, that we'll be doing um, is, you know, our mission at at the current moment has been love God, love people. Mm -hmm. And I really just begin praying with the Lord, like, Hey, is there anything you you, you do want different right away? You Mm -hmm. let me know. And we'll, and uh, as I got talking with him at the end of the day, I think if you were to look at our house, our house is built to share that the kingdom of God is here. Mm-hmm. That means that all the kingdom realities are available to us now. Divine yeah. health, divine healing, wholeness, financial freedom, entrepreneurship, good husbands, good fathers, good sons, healthy families. Mm-hmm. And and all that, the kingdom, all that tied into the kingdom being here is the euangelion. It is the good news. Mm-hmm. This is what Paul and Jesus would say as far as share the good news. And so one of the things I really felt Yahweh lead me into was to change our mission um, from love God, love people into uh, believe the gospel, or uh, sorry, believe the good news, become the good news, and share the good news. Mm, Love that. Yeah. So our mission is moving to, you know, believe the good news, become the good news, and share the good news, because first we actually have to believe the good news. (laughs) And yeah. that's where most of the world and the church is at right now is I believe this is for other people, but not for me. Mm-hmm. I believe Jesus loves Brian, or I believe God loves Brian as much as Jesus, but not me. Right. Or I do believe that I'm loved, but I think that maybe 
Real, real gospel transformation is not for now. Yeah, yeah. Or it's a secondary love to how Jesus is loved. Right. Yeah, I'm yeah. not actually righteous. If he yeah. knew me, he would know. Right. And so first we have to understand that we have to learn to actually believe the good news, which is you have become whole. Yeah. The kingdom of God is here. Yeah. You know, Jesus says in Luke, like, it's now actually living inside some of you at this moment, you mm -hmm. know, and he was talking about a continual on. And I think when we can believe the good news, we become the good news. We become this image of what it means. Yeah. And that is what I want people to be attracted to about our family. Mm -hmm. It's not that we have really good marketing. It's not that we have, you know, the best aesthetics, but rather you go into your place of work and you don't have depression, anxiety, fear, your marriage is healthy. Your kids love you. You love your kids. You're yeah. dreaming. You're happy. Yeah. And people being, you become a banner of the good news. You literally become the good news. Yeah. And when you become the good news, sharing the good news becomes the natural state of your being. Mm -hmm. Because people will automatically begin to come to you about what is different about you. Mm -hmm. And the only thing you get to share now is the good news. Yeah. And so I really think that's going to become a really base mission of who we are is the good news. Yeah. Because it is really good news and it's not being shared. <laughs> it's really good. <laughs> it's really, really good news and no yeah. one's sharing it. Mm -hmm. People are sharing that, you know, uh, one day you'll be free from sin. Mm -hmm. People are sharing that, you know, one day, you know, you're going to die and you're going to get to heaven and that's great. But until then, it's going to be really bad. Until then, it's going to be suffering. Until then, it's going to be all hard. Until then, everything's going to be rough, and you're just going to struggle with sin forever. I'm not saying hard things don't come and hard right. times don't come, but the good news is the kingdom is here. Yeah. And so when they come, there is an answer and a response. Mm -hmm. There is an invitation into something greater. Yeah. And that you actually, shocking, but the Bible actually tells you that you can actually live a sin-free life. <laughs> In the kingdom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know that sounds crazy that the Bible is uh -huh. you know, being serious about that, but I want people, I want us to be a house that really shares the good news of like, yeah, like we don't have cancer in our house. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We don't have issues like this. Like people in our house don't get divorced. Mm -hmm. We look like Jesus. Yeah. You know, and so I, I think the good news is the thing that's needing to be spread. Yeah. Again. Yeah. We're really good at our theologies and I'm on, I'm the same. Like I'm really good. I can tell you about my theology on everything. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, all my theology is wrapped in to the belief that there's good news. Mm -hmm. Jesus came and he died and he rose again. And because of that, like everything that he has and is, is accessible to me. Right. You know, and that's what I really feel like is going to be, you know, where we come from. And I, I think a part of that vision and the vision I have for Be Love is to be the place that becomes the the bridge of the two divides I feel like are in the church right now. We've talked a lot about this, but on one end of the church in the West right now, what I see is the extremely supernatural. Mm -hmm. I love it. Mm -hmm. You know, prophetic rooms and falling out in the spirit and, you know, you know, Hail Mary passes and backward flips and everything else in between. Yeah. Um, and what I find in that group is they're extremely okay with mystery mm -hmm. and they're extremely good at moving into whatever the Lord wants to move into the moment. Mm -hmm. And then if you were to ever ask them to really give you a theology for why that's okay and why they believe that and why that's in the Bible, mm -hmm. that's where they start to fall. Sure. <laughs> and I think on the other end, uh, you know, you have more of your, you call it like Anabaptists or, you know, Methodists, mm -hmm. Presbyterians, 
uh, the more that that more side of the evangelical realm who is extremely, extremely intelligent with their theology. Yeah. They know the Bible in and out. They know the yep. New Testament in and out. They know all these scriptures. They know all this stuff. And they have incredible ability to communicate to you the ins and outs of the gospel mm-hmm. and, you know, hermeneutics and, and exegesis and all these things. Um, and yet, like, you know, when the spirit gets moved and they're like, that's really not for me. Yeah. And what I really have felt, you know, the Holy Spirit leading me into is that I really feel like B-Love is about to become this bridge that meets in the middle of two worlds. Mm -hmm. And I think we're really going to create a people group and a family that is really okay with mystery and moving in the presence, Mm -hmm. but has a radical understanding for why they're doing what they're doing and why they believe what they believe. Yeah. We're going to be just as intelligent as we are supernatural. Mm Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And we're going to be just as spiritual as we are um, functional. Yeah, that's great. You know, and there's a because there's a divide there, and I think there needs to be a blueprint. I don't expect B-Love to, my, or I, I take that back. I don't know if B-Love will become something larger than what it is in the city, mm-hmm. but I do believe that we could become a, and we will become a blueprint that people can look and take to their city and go, I want this. Yeah. I want both. Yeah. I want to know the scriptures mm-hmm. and I want to move in the spirit. Yeah. Because in the same way the the Pharisees knew the scriptures in and out, they couldn't find Jesus. Right. That's what he says. <laughs> you know, you search the scriptures for eternal life, but the scriptures speak of me and you refuse to come to me. Yeah. You know, and then when you move into the New Testament, they're moving in presence, but they're super stuck on not knowing the the way to function in life. And Paul's having to go, don't do this. Don't be like this. Mm-hmm. And so there's this, this divide, Yeah, you know, and I think there needs to be a place and places where there can be a blueprint of what it means to be both and be individual. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. You know, uh, Jesus says, and it's in Matthew 22, when... Uh, the Pharisees and the scribes, you know, they're always trying to catch him not knowing something. They want him to be wrong. They want Mm. him to be, you know, and, uh, and it's the time they come to him and they're like, all right, suppose that a man is married, you know, to this woman and then he dies. So she marries the husband or the brother, I mean, and then the brother dies. She marries the next brother. And this happened seven times, (laughs) right? Poor woman. (laughs) Right. And then you know, the question is, when she gets to heaven, which one of them is she married to? Yeah. And Jesus' response is, well, you guys are in error because you know neither the word of God nor the power of God. Oh, that's good, bro. You know, and I've and I've read that and I've thought, well, that's that's the those are the two pieces that you're talking about. That's it, yeah. Is you've got you've got people in one camp. I'm gonna start using that. You've got people in one <laughs> camp of the church who they know like you said, they know the word really well but they're unacquainted with the power of the supernatural. That's so good, man. And then on the other side, Gosh. you've got the people who they understand the power. They're the weird ones. Yeah. They don't have great theology. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's not even that they don't have great theology. I don't think they care to know theology or right. to know why. Right. They just love... They just you know, love it. They love they the weird in that stuff. way. Yeah. yeah. And they're yeah. all for it. And I love that too. But you're right. You know, Jesus, he, he rebukes them. He's like, well, you guys what you need to do is you need to understand both the word and the power. Yeah. And when you bring those two pieces together, yeah. you'll understand the kingdom. Yeah. You know, I love that. I think that's exactly what, that's exactly in my brain. What I believe the blueprint of our house is going to look like. Mm-hmm. We're going to bring back. And I think within that you bring back healthy concepts. 
Yeah. Like you bring the fivefold in in a healthy way. Yeah. You have the apostolic without it feeling gross or uh, overemphasized or, you know, there's no perversion of honor with mm-hmm. the apostolic. You know, sure. you bring back the prophetic in a healthy, good way. Mm-hmm. You bring back, you know, what evangelism and mission looks like. You know, you have people that, you know, identify and have a passion for teaching. Mm-hmm. And all these, like, biblical principles, I think, find their healthy nature inside of of, of carrying both that, the Word and the power. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, but you need both. You do. You have to have them. <laughs> you you know, both. and people lean one way or the other. And I think that is the that is the call of leadership. You know, I don't, I don't think the call of leadership... Like in a church, you know, I don't, I don't really find business in church. Mm-hmm. I don't see it in scripture. Sure. Um, and I know people may disagree with that, but it's not the nature of it. There are people, you know, I, I obviously handle business and take care of all that and, mm-hmm. and I'm involved in all that. But the reality, I think from a spiritual perspective, a leader is supposed to be the one that's designed to go, we're a little left, let's go a little right, we're a little right, let's go a little left, mm-hmm. and constantly keep a family in the middle. Sure. You know what I mean? Like it's it's same thing with parents. Like parents are often used to help teach kids how to function well. Mm-hmm. Hey, we don't we don't freak out here. Yeah, we eat it. You know, dinner. We, yeah, we go to bed. We wake up, and yeah. you know what I mean. Like how to function? And mm-hmm. I think like the call of leadership is to constantly you know bring people in and go. Hey, listen. Here's you know it's the it's the equipping of the saints is mm-hmm. what the church is designed for yeah is to qu- equip people for the work of the ministry that's what we're designed to do as a house mm-hmm. is to equip people to be the good news right yeah <laughs> you know yeah and spoiler alert there's a lot more i think available for us than we've previously been told yeah i think there's a, a ton on the horizon for <laughs> what we've you know even encountered so far yeah oh and absolutely I, and i think you know we're in a beautiful place where like I, I can honestly say this. I have gone everywhere. I, you know, I've been to a bunch of different churches, traveled a bunch of different places, and I've never been into a place I love more than our house. Mm-hmm. I, I just do, and that's yeah. not like some, you know, crummy pastor marketing. I just love this place. You know, yeah. like it's the reality. I love where I'm at and the people I'm with. I think we yeah. have the most unique and beautiful group of people who are saying, "Let's go actually be like Jesus." Yeah. Let's go find out what it means to live out the scriptures and take those promises and make them a reality. Yeah. And I think like we're, you know, uniquely designed and positioned to really show our city what it can look like to be kingdom men and women, mm-hmm. like really be kingdom men and women. Yeah. I think it's going to scare people what's available to them. And I think they're going to see it not th- not because we have really good preaching mm-hmm. or really good worship, but because we have really whole people. Right. You know, and with you saying that about, like, you've been to you've been to many churches and you've traveled, and you know, obviously, I've been a part of of different churches growing up, yeah. and you know, I think, I think it requires a great deal of intentionality to to build the house you want, and I think in order to do that, I think you have to. This comes back to what we've just been talking about, but you have to want what the spirit wants Mm. rather than looking around you and saying, well, I need to be a copy of this. I agree. You know, and I, and I think you could bring that very practically into other areas of life too. So like that's how Katie and I have always treated home life, whether that's our marriage, whether it's raising kids, you know, we, we determined really early on that while there are things that we see in a lot of, you know, couples around us, 
that we love, that we'd love to be like, at the end of the day, our goal has always been to dream with the Lord as big as we can in terms of like, what could this Mm -hmm. look like? What could raising kids look Mm -hmm. like? I see a lot of good parents around me. There's a lot of stuff we glean from the parents around us. But at the end of the day, what I do is I say, I want to know what is possible in terms of raising a family. Yeah. And I think that's kind of been your guys' approach here with the church is you've seen a lot of things that you like at other churches. We talk about Upper Room, we talk about Bethel, yeah. you yeah, know, the, the homestead. Home, the homestead and Covington. Yep. There's a lot of things that people are doing really well that we've gleaned from. But at the end of the day, the conversation isn't how do we become like them, mm-hmm. but it's how do we or what is possible in terms of what this could become for us and our family. And what do you, how do you want that to look? That's so good. Lord, you know? Yeah. And then when you do that, turns out you end up loving where you're at. Yeah. Well, yeah. And I think, you know, I think one of the reasons I think the church is in the mess it's in is not be, is, is come out of a rejection of the apostolic, not from a place of calling people apostle. Mm Mm-hmm but rather from understanding that the apostolic was designed to create blueprints of what the kingdom should look like where they are. Mm-hmm. Paul was a builder of families. Yeah. And I think we're moving back into this place where we're okay with the apostolic to say, like, go build. Mm-hmm. Go go be what you're designed to be. And you have to be willing to go, oh, look at the homestead, look at the homestead Covington, look at Upper Room, look at this place, look at that. You bring all that in and... You go, Lord, these are the things I love. Now take me into the mystery of what we are mm-hmm. and let me participate in what's happening in the earth. Mm-hmm. And you're right. You walk into the mystery of this is great. So what are we? Right. What are we in this? Because if I'm going to be an imitation, I don't want to be that. Right. Like I love Damon Thompson. He's one of the most incredible people in my life. I love Bill Johnson, but like I'm not, I wasn't a rancher. I don't have a big black beard like Damon Thompson. And I don't have, you know, <laughs> s- these long, you know, back, you know, like gelled hair like Bill right. Johnson does this great, you know, gray look. Like I don't have any of that. You know what I mean? I'm not, I'm not yeah. that person. And so if I walk up not being Noah, it's going to be this inauthentic version of something I enjoy. And imitation is a great form of, um, what's the word? Flattery. Flattery. Yeah. But it's a terrible way to run a family. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not looking to imitate anyone. Mm-hmm. Rather, I'm realizing there's a people group here that if they've been called to live here, then what they need it must be something here and not there. Right. That's a really good way of putting it. You know? Yeah. Like if you needed what was in Redding, California, you need to move to Redding, California. <laughs> right. That's at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. If you need what's in, you know, upper room, you need to move to Dallas. Mm-hmm. Same thing with, you know, Mobile, Alabama. But if you need what's in Chattanooga, mm-hmm. Then you have been planted in and brought here for a specific reason. Yeah. And so is your family because, you know, we're we're even on the process of even thinking transgenerationally where I'm believing that, like, you know, when it comes to my son Benjamin and, and your son and, and and you know, Nora and all these kids now, you know, in our in our family, I believe we're building roads these kids are gonna be able to walk on. And what does a generation of people who don't know shame and fear yeah. as a way to grow spiritually look like? Right. Yeah. And that's where I think we're going to really shake the earth is is the roads we're going to build. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. You know? Yeah. I think sometimes it's hard for me to get caught up, just being totally honest. It's hard for me to get caught up sometimes 
almost deferring the hope that I have for just how much I could become like Jesus to put that off onto the next generation. Yeah. And that's something I've, I felt like the Lord's kind of corrected me on. Yeah, for sure. You know, because on in one sense, yeah, like there's that saying, you know, we want our, uh, our ceiling to be their floor. Uh-huh. What they yeah, say. Exactly so everything, right. you know, we don't want them. We want to build this thing into something with the hope that they'll take it even further than we ever Way could. Way further. Yeah. You know, but yeah. at times I've, I've found myself thinking like, oh man, it would be so great if we could see this level of, you know, of kingdom influence in Chattanooga that, yeah. you know, yeah. but that's probably for, you know, like our kids will take it there. Right. And sometimes the Lord's, like, like, the Lord's no. like, well, what if, like, what if we got there quicker than you thought? Yeah. Like, what if, you know, what if this happened? You know? Well, I think, I think too, where I've been with that is everything that I can dream up that b could become has no mystery because I've thought about it. So if I can accomplish everything that I think the church can become and everything we can become, then Benjamin gets the opportunity to learn things that no one knows about. Wow. And what the church can become. Yeah. And that's what I want for, you know, the next generation of all the kids in our house. You Mm -hmm. know, I mean, Nora may take over this thing. She's so on top of stuff, (laughs) you know. And so the reality is I want their generation to be able to go, hey, we're coming up with ideas. And I go, I've never even... (laughs) That wasn't even in my realm. Never even considered that that could be yeah. a, a thing. <laughs> yeah, like two plus two is six. Wait, what? You know, yeah. like I, you know, and so I think if I can dream it, it's available. And if I haven't thought about it, that means it's mystery. Wow. And so I think, you know, anything that we're able to dream is accessible to us. But I think if we can accomplish it with the Lord, I think it opens up the opportunity for them to not dream our dreams, but to dream new dreams and do new things. Yeah. And that's what wow. I... Yeah. And that's what I'm really believing we can do as a family. Yeah. Is create roads that like one day, you know, I hope to be sitting on the front row and, you know, Benjamin or whoever is leading this thing, go, we're gonna do this. And I look over, I'm like, I don't even know what that means. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like I don't even have a clue. You know, because even a lot of what I'm doing, you know, my my fam my parents danced around, but it's a lot of new language. Mm-hmm. And uh, and new com and and somewhat new concepts, but really just new new ways of taking old things and and making them new. Yeah, and I think you know, and I think a lot of it is just is just finding ways, or the spirit finding ways to to refine our understanding. Yeah, because it's not like you and I've talked about this. Like we when we first kind of when you first introduced me to Damon Thompson, you know, we we went and saw him. Yeah, he was in Covington, and so you were like, "Hey, Friday night, let's just go pop down." I'd never heard of him, never heard him speak, you know, sure. and he spoke on righteousness and we both left thinking, I didn't hear a lot of new information, but for some reason I have a deeper understanding. Yep. And, and what's happening is you're right. It's not that like, it's not that like the generations before us, you know, nobody ever heard of like the gospel or the kingdom of righteousness. No. my God. But what's happening is, is that's just constantly being refined mm-hmm. and our understanding is going deeper and deeper. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and I and we are we are turning to a place where we're allowing the spirit to interpret the truth of scripture again instead of simply just relying on what has been said. Mm-hmm. And that's an that's a it's an interesting place to be because you have yeah. to walk the lines of having, you know, authority like I have people, you know, like Mark and stuff that 
I, I answer to for things mm-hmm. I say and things I have. If I have something that comes in my head that feels kooky, I run it by other people. Like I'm not, you know, I'm not sure. living in lawless, just I'm the guy. And you know what I mean? Everything's <laughs> me now. Um, but I, you know, with that, you have to have the freedom to go, okay, Lord, like, have I looked at this wrong? Have mm-hmm. I looked at that wrong? Sure. And walk into the ability to refine my own beliefs. Yeah. Because if we're not growing, what are we doing? Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I never want to look back and go, man, I'm the same person I was when I was 30. Yeah. When I'm 60. Well, I think if the gospel you're believing doesn't lend itself to transformation and change, then it's the wrong gospel. Yeah, for sure. And I think that's what I've always, I think the if I could take, you know, a couple things, one of the big things I've admired even about my parents and leadership is their ability to change and morph and grow as the Spirit is growing them. Yeah. To change theologies, to They've, change thoughts. They have done that so well. Oh my gosh! Imagine going to school in your fifties. Right. Just you know, ministry after you've school. been already leading a church for nearly twenty years. Yeah. Like, and I know sometimes you know it. It seems weird and seems odd, but it really has always been out of this hunger to say like we want we want the fullness of what we're supposed to be. Yeah. And we're willing to grow and change and see what that looks like. Yeah. You know, and and that's and I think the fruit of that is carried on into what we are, mm-hmm. yeah, and what we're going for, yeah. You know, their invitation into a lot of mystery has been the seed that's been sown that we're now, you know, feasting on. Yeah, boy, that's great, and it's different. Yeah, yeah. Well, you've given me a bunch of stuff to think about. Bingo, so. bingo. <laughs> and like I said, we thank you for your service and your time here. <laughs> We hate you. We'll be on the podcast anymore. We're moving Brian to be our kids' pastor, and we're super yeah. excited about that. It's weird because the studio's staying in my basement, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's not working with us anymore. But we're still going to come in the basement. We've already kind of made the space. <laughs> All right. Oh man, boy. Well, I feel good about that. Me too. I'm excited about what's to come uh, for our house, for our family, mm-hmm. and uh, I can honestly say too. Just like, you know, for me and Bailey, just thanks to everyone that's sent nice words and said nice things. It's been it's been very wild to see a transition like this happen and everybody be excited and and okay and, and happy with what's happening in our house. Mm-hmm. It's been like the most beautiful, humbling, most incredible experience to see. You know, obviously we told the staff about a month ago and that was just incredible. Yeah, and made me and Bailey cry, and then you know, just this past weekend has made me and Bailey cry, and all the beauty we've seen of everyone. Just there wasn't a lot of like, oh no, yeah, <laughs> you know, which I yeah. don't think is always the case, right? And so, um, just thanks to everybody and and everything. I just I'm excited. Yeah, yeah, I I have just just unbelievable hope and expectation for the future and for mm-hmm. you know where where we're going. Yeah, yeah, me too. I'm excited about next week, too, because we're really going to start getting into our first really long, long-ended topic here. Yeah. We're going to really start diving deep into the... Yeah. Once once we go full video, I've got some stuff that I, we're gonna I know really, we'll, we'll really sit in for a while. I know we've been doing three or four weeks on a topic mm-hmm. here and there, but we're yep. really about to slow down and yeah. get into the nitty-gritty. So yep. bring your paper and pencils. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Awesome. Any last thoughts? Uh, no. No. Hope you enjoyed your time at sea. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was amazing. Hope your cruise was good. <laughs> All right. Cool. 
Well, uh, yeah, let's close it out here. Thank you for listening. And um, yeah, just know that we love you and we'll see you next week. Bye.